Welcome to A Mother's Love Podcast. I am your host and founder, Kim Alexander. And today, guys, today, I have my mom as the co-host, Arthur Loretta Waters. And we have a special guest with us, Arthur Beatrice Yule, who is the author of When God Keeps His Promise. Guys, you guys, I'm, I'm so excited. I've known this young lady for a long time. I know her story. We have talked. Um, so just like me, you need to have some tissue on hand because I know... You guys are going to be crying. I'm going to be crying. Um, she just has an amazing story, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it and for her to talk about her book. Um, so welcome, Arthur Beatrice Yule. Tell us more about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a 30-year-old. I'm small for my age, so if you look at me, you wouldn't really think I'm 30 years old. Um, I've been married next month. It'll be five years to my loving husband. Um, I'm very goofy, but quiet at the same time. So if I open up, that's a big deal. Um, I'm a, I, uh, I love doing things like bowling and stuff. Like just, and lo- I love going to church and giving people hope and spreading the word okay. of the Lord. Well, now let's talk about your journey, um, your infertility journey, and what led you to write the book, When God Keeps His Promise. Well, um... I suffer from PCOS, polyostic ovarian syndrome, okay. um, where I get cysts on the outer edges of my ovaries, and they will fill with liquid, and they will burst. Um, what led me to write the book? I always wanted to be an author, but I felt like I never had a, I never had a story to tell that would help people and uplift people. Um, so one day. Our pastor, Pastor Marlon Locke, was doing a leadership class, and he was saying how if you tell your story, you'll never forget it because it's true. Mm-hmm. So after that class, I told my husband, I said, I want to write a book about our journey that we're going on, and that's what I'm going to do. We prayed on it, um, and from there I just started writing. Okay. Um before we get into the book, mm-hmm. tell us about your journey having um, PCOS. So uh, it's very difficult. Um, as I said before, I get cysts on the, my, on the outer edges of my ovaries, but also my hair falls out from uh, PCOS. Um, at first, I didn't realize that's why my hair was falling out. Um, I just thought it was like ba- maybe bad management of, you know, hair hair mm-hmm. products or things like that. Um, also, I, um, what did, oops, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> um, there's a, a chemical imbalance, so my, like, emotions will be all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the PCOS. Um, again, I... It causes depression, so I'll get depressed very easily, and everything could be going great. God could be blessing us, me and my husband, we're on good terms, everything's going great, but then there will be days I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to read, I don't want to pray, I just want to be in a dark room and just cry all day. And and my husband would be like, why? I was like, I can't understand why, I don't know, I can't tell you. So, um... When you approached me to um, at the picnic that day um, and suggested to go to an infertility clinic, mm-hmm. and I thought about it and I prayed on it, I was like, you know what, why not? Mm-hmm. 
we should do this. And I, I thank I thank you for that because from there it opened a lot of understanding for me. Okay. Because I didn't know prior to going to um, the infertility clinic that I had PCOS because it's it goes so undetected by undiagnosed. I'm sorry, undiagnosed by doctors because they told me that you oh you have a irregular cycle. It's okay. I've always had an irregular cycle. When I started my cycle, I, I got two. So I thought that was very normal. So you would get two cycles a month? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep, and I would get very large blood clots. So my mom took me, like, I would have to miss school because of the pain would be so bad. Mm-hmm. And my mom would uh, take me to the doctor, and I would always say, oh, she's fine. She just have an uh, irregular cycle. It's okay. And my mom's like, no, she's so small, but my mom never knew anything about infertility clinics or anything like that. So um, she uh, would just deal with it accordingly. Like, I would take um, ibuprofen 800s, but because I'm small, I would have to break them in half, and I would sleep all day because of the pain. I would uh, cramp 12 days before my cycle. Mm -hmm. And um, they would be excruciating. I would uh, vomit into the lining of my stomach would come up. Yep. Um, so I would. So when I would eat, I would have to make sure. I just got accustomed to eating a lot of toast and bread mm-hmm. and soups and things, but it would still come up. Um, so my mom would like. We we kind of had to learn how to deal with it. Okay. Um, so. With that, I just kind of maneuvered. As I got an adult, I just learned, like, okay, my cycle's coming. Let me prepare my body. Mm -hmm. You know, it got to a point where I'd be like, God, why do I have cycles like this? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand what have I, you know, done to deserve this type of cycle. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, God, just give me the strength to deal with it. Um, I related a lot to the lady with the issue of blood for 12 years. Okay. And I said, well, if God can heal her, he can do it for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I just kept that faith. And then when you came and gave, uh, introduced me to even thinking about infertility clinics, and when the doctor came back, um, I was like, wow, thank you, God, for the understanding. Because yeah. now I, can, I know how to properly take care of myself when I do get sick and things like that. So... Not only did you have to prepare your mind, mm-hmm. but you also had to prepare your body. Yeah. And trusting in God to give you some kind of um, idea or instruction as to what to do. Yeah. And um, I learned with my relationship with God, I, I learned, like, God isn't cruel. He's not cruel. Mm-hmm. So I can trust him and be safe inside of him right where he's going to take care of me and if i don't understand something that later down the line he will allow me to understand it and that's just how me and god rock (laughs) (laughs) just having that patience yeah yeah there's no knowing in the end that he is going to come through yeah yep and so what can you tell women who have who have or are still suffering with pcos right now um that may not have a relationship with God and don't have a support system, what can you tell them um, to help them get through with their process? Um, What I would tell them to do, I would tell them to read the book of Job. Um, 
Job helped me a lot dealing with even the medical side and dealing with doctors um, and to see how you're uh, being afflicted and he didn't become angry with God even when he was afflicted and it wasn't his fault. So I would tell them to first go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor and finding out if something's wrong. Because when, if, you find, if you find out something wrong, now you can properly prepare your body and properly take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's sometimes it's uh, learning to change the way you eat. I had to change the way I eat. A lot of things was um, fighting against my body, and I didn't understand that. So um, once I began to do research, do a lot of research, um, also um, take the medication that they prescribe. Don't say, oh, I don't need it. I'm okay. I, I've been dealing with this so long because that was me for, for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, I got it. I know what I to do. But no, take the medication. Listen to the doctor. And also, talk to God. It, it, even if you don't have a relationship with him, you, you need his, his understanding, his grace, his patience. Because a lot of times, I'm going to cry. Nope, that's fine. But a lot of times when I went through pain with PCOS, I, it was so unbearable. And um, because you lose your hair with PCOS and you have all these motions going on and the doctors make you feel like you're crazy because they're like, no, you have, you're, you're telling them what's going on and you know, like this is what's happening, but you're making me feel as if I'm lying. So I learned in that, um, God even used that to say, hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to allow you to understand, and I'm going to allow you to um, build your faith off of this. Yeah. Don't, take, don't take their word and just run, for it, run with it. If you're going to take anybody's word, take God's word because mm -hmm. he has the last say-so, and he can heal you at any moment, at any given time. And I, I took that, thank you, I took that and I ran with that, and I said, God can, God can heal me whenever he gets ready to. Yes. And until then, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I learned how to talk to God in a, a like, how you, like how you would talk to your husband mm -hmm. and not be afraid, not as if you would talk to your parent. Right. I learned how to just really be honest and utterly honest and give the ugly truth and not feel like I'll be punished for giving the truth. Because yeah. he already knows. Oh, yeah. And he already, because he created you, and he already understands the way you are. So you might as well be utterly honest about your true feelings about PCOS. Mm -hmm. So that's how I like to deal with this. I have part. a question. Mm -hmm. You keep saying PCOS. What does that exactly stand for? What is those so PCOS is the short term for polyostic ovarian syndrome. Okay. And... Um, so when, so when the doctors would come in, they would say PCOS. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't say the whole entire word. I would have to, I looked um, on the paper and it has the same word. It's just the abbreviation right. of the uh, long word because a lot of people are like, what? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So in that, you mentioned that having PCOS 
um, you became depressed. Yeah. Um, and I know our last podcast, we kind of talk about mental health and depression. Um, I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you name some of the mechanisms that kind of help you cope with your depression? And I know it, it was God. Yeah. <laughs> but again, for those people who may not have a relationship yeah. with God, um, what are some other coping mechanisms that may have helped you? So what I did was I when I learned that I can easily become depressed because of PCOS, mm-hmm. I would force myself to go outside, go somewhere where I felt peace. I love to do things. Um, so, like, I love to go to the park because the park reminds me of my grandmother and my grandfather. And I would just go to the park. And even if I just took a walk or a slide or, you know, just played on the playground to take my mind off of the depression, I would listen to positive music. Uh, Ace Hood, he has a song, and it's in my book. Um, it's called Live, it's called Live, Love, Shine. And it's, it's a very positive song. Um, also, what I did was I would make sure I would go around positive people. And I would go up under my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a, I'm a mama's girl. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be up under her, her, and I would, like, talk to her, like, Mom, hey, I, I feel like I'm getting depressed. And, she would, mm-hmm. and she'll be like, no, B, you, you got to get out. You got to do something. So we would just, you know, sit or watch our favorite shows and laugh. And, you know, just so she helped me a lot through the depression. And my husband, too, if he sees, if he feels like I'm getting depressed, he'll, like, no, B, you got to get up. We finna go to the park because yeah. he knows I love the park. Or he'll sing to me. <laughs> yeah, he's, he'll sing to me. Or um, I love playing board games. So he'd be like, no, we finna make up a game. Let's play. Okay. And it'll, it'll help. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that we talked about PCOS, let's get into your book, okay. When God Keeps His Promise. So where did the title come from? Um. Him prom like um, where he said I'll uh, give you the desires of your hearts, mm-hmm. and I said that's a promise. So that's what I'm gonna call my book. When God keeps His promise, cause He promised. He knew from from a little girl I always wanted to be a mother. Um, from my because of my mom, mm-hmm. and to see how she interacted. My my brother has 13 kids. Oh wow. Yeah. So to just see how she has that loving heart, and even when she's stern, it's like you can still tell, okay, I'm in trouble, but I know she loved me, so mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, and I, I just always wanted to pour that into somebody and, and share that type of love with someone. Yeah. So um, that's, what the, that's where the title came from. <laughs> so now tell us a little bit about When God Keeps Your Promise. So for those people who are interested in purchasing your book, just you know, tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Well, um, it is a non-traditional um, infertility book, and what I mean by non-traditional, I have read a couple of infertility books, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like really kind of informing you and teaching you about infertility. And I, I want it's my personal story. It's how I I expose um, the dark the dark conversation that nobody really wants to talk about. You don't want to talk about infertility because yeah. it, it causes pain, it causes heartbreak. Right. But I learned on my journey, a lot of people don't understand what we go through while we're walking. So they say things that are very insensitive. Oh yeah. And they don't know that it's insensitive because they've never been through ex- that process. Through that process mm-hmm. or even been exposed to the truth of 
what we walk through. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to write this book for the person who will walk this journey behind me, mm-hmm. who doesn't know God, who doesn't know what to do when her, when her marriage is, is being affected by it, who doesn't know how to deal with the anger that she has towards God and is afraid to um, speak to God about the anger, who doesn't know who, for the husband whose wife is dealing with infertility and he wants to help, but he doesn't know how to help. I wrote it for the people who don't go through infertility but have said um, things like, "Are you when are you going to get pregnant? I had a lot of people come to me and say that um, or just want to know, like, hey, what does a person go through mm-hmm. when they deal with infertility? Who's just curious? Right. Um, and I wrote the book because... I wanted to be very transparent. When I was on my journey, I was looking for someone to help me with the transparency, Mm -hmm. and I didn't get that. I didn't get where I look at life as everything is a journey. How do you get to the next step? And I didn't know how to get to the next step. So I wrote the book. I said, I want to show somebody how to get to the next step. If you're suffering with your relationship with God because of infertility, I want to show you how to hold on to your faith, how to keep God and, and still not understand how to keep loving God and keep serving him wholeheartedly and not understanding. I want to show you how to allow, allow your marriage to grow through the pain of infertility. I, I want you to understand that you're not alone because on this journey we often feel alone, mm-hmm. like no one understands. Even when our husbands are by our sides right. because they don't know what we are feeling. Mm-hmm. They can sometimes only, they can only look from a man's perspective. Right. And sometimes we can get mad at them for that. I know I got mad at my husband. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm, I'm going to help somebody. And that's what I wanted to do. I have a question. Mm-hmm. The one you said, num- uh, it's, uh, how, did, how did you get uh, the courage to talk about the anger, anger that you had towards God? Um, well, when I sat down one day, and for for a while, for months, I tried to hide my anger towards God. I tried to hide it because everyone around me didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 a very private person, um, so when I would hide the anger I had toward God, towards God, no one noticed it. But I was like, okay, if they're not noticing it, God, He don't notice it either. Mm-hmm. But that was foolish of me. Um, I sat down one day, and I said, you know what? God created me. He know I'm angry with him. And I tried to talk to him, but words couldn't come out. Mm. So, because I was ashamed. Because they say, you know, who, who are you to be angry with God? Right. You are the creation. But you know what? Even though you weren't able to talk to God, God knows our thoughts. Yeah. So, so he knew your thoughts. Yeah, so I wrote, and that's why I sat down and I wrote a letter. Oh. And when I wrote the letter, it gave me the courage to open up and just be very utterly honest with God and not fear that he would punish me for my honesty. Mm-hmm. And instead of anger, which what I expected and what I did deserve, mm-hmm. he chose to show pity on me. And I, I thank God for his pity. And I thank God for his mercy because... He showed me a diff- 
this journey changed me so much and it showed me a different type of God. It showed me a different side of God that I never knew existed. He pulled out a different type of strength inside of me that I didn't know existed because I never knew I could be this strong. And so that's being angry and talking to God that kind of molds your relationship with God to what it it is right now, right? Yeah, yeah. But also realizing that God is love. Yeah. And love is the most important command. Yeah. Love. So he is love. He shattered, he showered you with his love. Yeah, yep. And I wasn't expecting that because oftentimes we kind of feel like God should, for what I can't speak for anybody else, but sometimes I feel like God will deal with me how people will deal with me. Mm. And he showed me, like, no, I'm, I'm God. I'm your father. I'm, I am the creator mm-hmm. of the earth. I am going to deal with you because I see the, I truly see what you're going through in and out. So let me show you pity. Let me show you um, a love of a caring father. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why. Okay, and now you, you talked about um, issues that you may have had in your marriage mm-hmm. going through this journey. So how did the journey of infertility affect your marriage, good or bad? So um, you want me to start with the good or the bad? You can start. With, it don't matter. <laughs> start with the good. Okay. <laughs> well, um, it affected my marriage in a good way because it showed us where we needed to learn how to communicate. Where we thought we were good with communication, it revealed where we wasn't. Okay. And it showed it, it showed me why I waited and allowed God to hide me in him so my mm. husband could find me. That's good. My husband is so loving and so gentle with me during this time. And and he is he's he's always like that um but he made sure he showed me um a a god-fearing man a god-fearing husband love and what that was he uh there was this moment where we came from the infertility clinic um side note i was a premature baby so i've always i was in the hospital until i was two so i was getting i didn't want to be poked and primed so i said um I'm not a guinea pig, and I, and we were in, we were in front of my mom's house, and I was crying, and I was apologizing to him because I couldn't have kids yet, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm sorry, and he said, he looked at me, he said, I don't care if you can't have kids, if we have to adopt every single child, I just want you to be the mother, I love you, you're my wife, right. God, mm-hmm. God, you're you are my biggest blessing, and I didn't fit the journey made me not, the journey made me feel like a burden instead of his blessing. Mm-hmm. So he, God allowed him to, his faith to strengthen me because there were days I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to talk to God. I didn't want to buy no baby stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be over. I didn't want to deal with the pain. And God would use my husband's faith. He would use, you know, um, I talk about Job in my book. And my husband, we were driving down the street and he said, Everyone has their job moment. Everyone has their job moment. This one's just yours. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my husband, and I knew it was God talking through him mm-hmm. because I was like, wow. Because at that time, God had me studying Job. Wow. And I said, wow. And it changed my whole sp- perspective on how I looked at the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it... it um, Sorry. The way it affected my marriage badly, 
I feel like it didn't give my husband the opportunity to feel vulnerable. Mm. Because as a man, he, you know, you have to be the protector. You have to be the superman. And my husband thought he had to be strong for me the whole entire time. And I didn't need him to be strong. I needed, to, I needed him to be vulnerable. I needed to see the human side yeah. of him and not the superman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he would talk to other men and they would tell him, be strong for your wife, be strong for your wife. And I'm like, well, who will be strong for you? Right. And I said, I needed you to, I, I needed you to be vulnerable with me. So I, I didn't feel alone in my vulnerableness. Mm -hmm. um, wow, that's good. Yeah, because those moments yeah. you, when you're crying, you kind of want your spouse or someone to be crying with, with you, you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. so you can, so you buy, you guys can feel it together yeah. and be in that moment. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then um, he felt as if um, there, and I speak about this in my book, that he couldn't be utterly honest with me. Mm -hmm. So he confided in a female friend, mm -hmm. and uh, she asked him, "Do you think she can have?" His friend asked him, "Do you think she could?" have kids mm -hmm. honestly and he said no and I and I saw it and it, it crushed me and, it, and I'm like okay was all of this a lie so um we went to our pastor because I, I was going to leave him wow. I, yeah I, I was going to leave him and we went to our pastor um and he said I, I told my husband I had forgave him but in my heart I didn't mm -hmm. so our pastor was like if you're going to forgive him forgive him for real and I talked to my mom. My mom and, and minister uh, Kim Rainey was the reason I didn't leave my husband. Mm. My mom said, you got married for a reason. Don't let this end your marriage. Yeah. And I, I thought about the vows we made to God for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And I said, right now this is the worst. And I love my husband. And I'm not going to let this break us up. I'm going to, I'm going to allow it to bring us closer together. Mm -hmm. So what I did was um, I asked God, I said, God, I don't know how to forgive my husband. Show me how to forgive my husband. Mm -hmm. Because I, 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 was, um, I, was, I was real short with him. I was, I was cold towards him mm -hmm. because I didn't, I didn't believe anything he said. Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord slowly because I had built up a wall. So God began to prick at the wall, prick at it. And my husband began to do things. Because my husband prayed for me nonstop. Mm -hmm. He prayed for me nonstop. So God began to show me ways to forgive him by, like, cooking a dinner or doing something nice. And at the, while I'm doing that, he's pricking away the wall. So there was nothing left but to, this is my husband. Mm -hmm. I trust him. So that's how I feel like the inf infertility journey affected our marriage bad and good. And with that, that's w what you talk about. What, what, what you talk about right now, that's in your book. Yep. So it definitely can help those yep. who are married or have spouses who are going through in their marriage, yep. um, how it can actually help them get through as well. Yep. Okay. And then you talked about the story of Job. Yeah. So can you elaborate more on that? Um, how did the story of Job give you strength on this journey? Well, with Job, I, it's, it's funny because I studied, God had me study Job for months. 
And I've read the story of Job before, and I've never really paid attention to the deepness of his obedience and his love for God. Mm-hmm. Um, to be to be in a situation that you had known you done nothing, nothing at all wrong to deserve what you're going through, what you're walking through, but to yet still love God and still serve him. And then you have people in your ear telling you to curse God and just die, just give up. And you decide not to, but to still hold your integrity in God and say, hey, God have given me everything. He can give it to me again. Mm-hmm. When, when, I read the, when I read the story, what stuck out to me was how he, it, there, there was a scripture and it said, he tested me mm. and I came out as gold. Wow. And I said, wow, God, if Job can say you tested him, and he came out as gold, even by being afflicted. And you are, you're, you're, it's for your name's sake. I, I had told God when I was uh, 19 years old, I told God, I said, I'll go through for you. As long as it's not for my sin, I'll go through for your name's sake. And he brought that to my remembrance wow. as, I, as I was reading Job. And I said, okay. I said, um, I said, okay, God, I, I remember telling you that. And it, it was like a daydream mm-hmm. where he st- actually showed me like I was in my bedroom and I was looking out the window and I was talking to God. And, mm-hmm. um, and when he, when I was, while I was reading Job and I read that scripture that I just said, and it, he opened my eyes and he, he opened my eyes to Job's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And it said, and um and I said, Wow God, I didn't I never knew how much Job sacrificed. He sacrificed his marriage. He sacrificed while while going through, while being afflicted for your for your love because he knew he he knew how good you was. He couldn't walk away from you. Mm-hmm. Even yet going through the most difficult thing in his life. Mm-hmm. And I said, Wow. And that that's what gave me strength from uh the book of Job and um, how how it strengthened me on the journey because a lot of times I felt like I wanted to give up and the medical from the dealing with doctors all my life and feeling like a a, a guinea pig per se because they wanted to always test and and do these things I'm like man like what did Job do how how did he how did he get past this so as I'm studying, God is opening my eyes and, mm-hmm. and letting me see a different, a different way of Job's relationship mm-hmm. with God. So that's, what, um, that's how he strengthened me because he let me see a different side of being a servant and going through and still being able to love God wholeheartedly, yet while going through, yet while be- being bro- brokenhearted. Um, he continued to still bless Job. He continued, and when uh, the enemy and God was talking, he said, well, did you um, consider my servant Job? Mm-hmm. I imagine God saying, well, did you consider my servant B? Mm. Like, did, 
Like she she's not going to turn away from you even mm-hmm. if you even while walking on this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's what. Yeah. Many yeah. times um, um, we go through. It's a test. Mm-hmm. So we have to remind ourselves it's a test, and God is is uh, testing us to see if we are going to withstand that test. Yeah. And Job is a perfect book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really perfect because he lost everything, but still he 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 stood. He loved God and he stayed with God. Yeah. He didn't give up. Yeah. He didn't. Now. I know you talk about Job in your book. Mm-hmm. Are there any more um, Bible verses or anybody else that was inf- influential to you in the Bible that kind of helped you walk your journey? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hannah okay. and, and Ruth. Um, okay. The reason I say Hannah is because, um, first of all, Hannah, we don't know her age. Mm-hmm. So she, she can relate. All women can relate to her. We don't know her age. Um, while in the beginning of my journey, I studied her. I always admired Hannah because of her prayer and how she, it touched God. Um, I also admired how she held her peace while the other wife would taunt her. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, God. But on the beginning of my journey, I used her as a guide on how to deal with people when they would come up to me and tell me, well, well why are you not pregnant yet? I had, a, I had a woman who went to our church. She moved out of town, but she came up to me, and it was a very difficult day for me. It was very hard. And she came up to me and she said, well, little B, you messing up Unity's tradition. And I said, what? Mm-hmm. I said, what? What you talking about? What tradition? And she said, well, Unity women get pregnant on their honeymoon night, and before I, I, I learned how to say, well, we having fun trying, mm. but when I turned around, I had to hurry up and turn around because the tears automatically started falling from my face, mm. and I ran to my car. You and know, people, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. people really don't know how their words affect, you know, other people. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't have that experience, but I did have someone say something into the fact where maybe you shouldn't have kids then since you keep having miscarriages. Oh, wow. And that's very hurtful. Yeah. Um, you don't know what those words mean to someone. Yeah. Like me, keep, you know, you're trying to have kids, and for whatever reason there's something going on, and now that particular phrase or word that they told you is in your head. Yep. So what she told you probably stuck in your head for a while. Yep. Because it's it like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. And and that that was so my uh my husband was on the parking lot crew and he saw me run. Like I was like running. Mm-hmm. And my husband he ran to the car, he was like, What's wrong with you? And I told him what was said and he got so angry. And my husband, anyone that knows my husband, he's very laid back. Mm-hmm. And he's not confrontational at all, but don't take him there because the hood side will come out. <laughs> and um, I had to beg him to just go back to the parking lot and let God handle it. Yeah. Because um, I, Hannah taught me to hold my peace. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as I do what I'm supposed to, that he's going to move. And mm-hmm. I needed God to move. So I didn't need my husband to lose his his temper then and, and, and his control when I needed God to move. And it taught me how to, pr- how to pray for, for those people who, who, said, who says things like that. 
um, and I ask God to show them themselves mm-hmm. and to for them to change. Because I, I, I honestly believe if people honestly knew our walk, mm-hmm. they would think twice about what they say. Right. And um, just be very um, considerate. Mm-hmm. And I had another incident where on Mother's Day, Mother's Day is very hard for women who deal with infertility. Yeah, absolutely. And, and miscarriages. Um, I had a, a family member say, well, I would tell you Happy Mother's Day, but yeah, you know. And mm-hmm. it was crazy because I was strong that day. I was like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm, we were good because me and my husband, we had begun to do our own little traditions. Yeah. Because Father's Day would be hard for him as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm like, we good. We're going to hang out. You know, we're going to go to the lake, walk, you know, have fun. And when she said that, it just sucked everything out of me. Wow. And I was like, God. I was like, um, I'm sorry, I'm crying. Nope, that's fine. That's okay. I was like, God, what do you see in us to allow us to endure this much pain? I don't know how strong you think we are, but I don't think we're that strong. So I need you to move. I need you to do something. I need you to heal us or do something. Mm -hmm. So, um, so God, um. What he was doing, and I didn't understand at that time, he was strengthening us Yes. Um, in such a way. He, he makes us godly parents. And if anyone doesn't take anything out of this uh, today, I want them to tr- extremely understand this on this walk, that you are stronger than you think you are. Yes. Because what God is doing, he's creating us to be a different type of godly parent. And I learned this on my journey. We often say that we are the potters. I mean, he's the potter, and we really? the clay mold us, shape us, mm-hmm. use us. And then he puts, on, he puts us on this journey, and we don't know what to do. And he's, he's, molding, he's molding us, and he's shaping us into godly parents, into a type of parent where our children will be, have a different type of faith. Mm-hmm. We are, we're stubborn faithers. They tell us we can't do something. We prove them wrong with our faith in God. We, we say God has the last say so. And he puts us around things that we're going to become. So when God was putting me around a lot of mothers, I thought he was being cruel at the time. Like, God, what, what is you doing? Like, why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know he was creating me. He was putting me in what he was creating me to be. So he was pulling stuff out of me. Mm-hmm. He was changing my mind slowly as I'm watching mothers with their kids because there was a long time I couldn't, I couldn't go around mothers because it was so painful that I couldn't conceive. But then as I became stronger, mm-hmm. he, he was pulling that, that weakness out of me. Like, I can't. And instead he was in place and, oh, I'm, it's going to happen one day. Yeah. So he was pouring... Um, he was pouring strength. He was shaping, stretching me, molding Mm -hmm. me out, um, changing my mind. Because if I be honest with you, during that time, I wasn't mentally ready to be a mother. Mm -hmm. And because I just thought, you know, you got a job, you got good insurance, you got a car, you can get a baby. 
You mm-hmm. can have a baby. <laughs> but it takes so much more than that. I had to become more nurturing because I'm very aggressive naturally. Mm-hmm. So even when I'm trying not to be aggressive, I come off aggressive sometimes. So God had to, he had to smooth that out of me. And my husband, he had to um, do that as well. So I said, okay, God, I see what you're doing now. Don't take this journey for granted because this is where God is growing us and shaping us and molding us into the type of godly parents that he needs us to be. He's instilling in us because we're going to instill in, in the miracles that he placed inside of us. He's going to place because even even with adoption, I I had to learn that even if it's not coming from my womb, that God still handpicked that child for me. Mm-hmm. That God allowed that child to become into the earth for me. So I had to um, understand what God was doing when He was shaping and molding, because He was making us into a different type of parent. Don't and that's no not to no other godly parent, but. We got a different type of fight in us. We got a different type of faith and a different type of understanding what God can do and what God is capable of. I told my husband one day, I said, I imagine one day our daughter is ready to give up. And I sit her down and I tell her, like, no, you got a different type of faith in Mm -hmm. you because of what God instilled in me. And and all the hell that we had to walk through to just to get to you, it, it, it brings a different type of relationship with God. And you automatically have that because you're raising that type of relationship with God. And he just looked at me and he smiled. He said, okay, <laughs> I, I see you, I see you. He says, um, he says, I'm the spokesperson of infertility. And I'm like, no, I ain't, I'm just <laughs> some little chick trying to help the next person out. But you know what? Um, in this book that I, we were reading, Rick Warren, um, you were chosen for this. Mm-hmm. Kim was chosen for this. Um, God knows our journey. Before we were even born, he knew that you were going to be features, little b, mm-hmm. and uh, that you were going to have infertility problems. Mm-hmm. God knew that. He knew that Kim was going to suffer from you know miscarriage and so forth. But he's preparing you, getting you in position to receive what it is that he has for you. Yeah. So, and I, I've just, um, I encourage you. I admire you for being able to come on and just be transparent and talk about, you know, the things that happened, things that you endured uh, through your in- infertility journey. Oh, thanks. That, that means a lot. You know, you mentioned um, not being ready. You, you know, God was molding you uh-huh. because, and as I always say, everything is always in God's timing. So God knew that at the time you were going through, it, he wasn't ready for you to be a mom at that time. Uh-huh. At the time that my husband and I were going through, we weren't ready to be parents. Even though we thought we wanted kids and everything, like you said, God was still molding us and preparing us for what to come. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, I don't know. You're, you're, this, this, this is probably by far not to knock any of the other um, episodes we've had, but this by far is probably my favorite episode oh, um, because it touches me. It hits home to me, yeah. um, and it definitely will help a lot of women who are suffering with PCS, PCOS, or just infertility period. Yeah. Oh. Um, and that don't know how to 
deal with miscarriages, don't know how to get through because they don't have a support system. They don't have a husband or a spouse. They don't even have a mom or a pastor or a first lady that they can lean and depend on, that they can talk to or who to go to. They may not even know God, but just through your message alone, and I know through the book, um, it will help so, so many people. Oh, thanks. That's uh, that, that means a lot, and that's why I wrote the book. I honestly was in hopes to say, hey, if I, if a woman's reading this book and don't know God, mm-hmm. and they, they read my book and they say, hey, if God did that for her, in spite of, because I have a damaged fallopian tube as well. Mm. So that's that's two strikes against me. Then I found out that I have a, a small intestinal disease. Wow. So I'm like, okay, God, okay. But for them to say, like, if God did it for her, with all of this medical stuff going on, everything she got going on, he still moved for her. Yeah. Even with the anger and being, like, very angry with God, he still moved for her. I need to know this God because he can do the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my hopes when I read the, bo- the book. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, it's getting close to time. But let everyone know how they can get in contact with you, how they can purchase your book. And then let us know if you have any upcoming events coming up or okay. any other projects that you're working on. Okay. So uh, you can contact me on my Instagram page. I'm always on Instagram uh, at author Beatrice uh, Yule. Beatrice Yule. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, okay, <laughs> Beatrice, you um, you can uh, inbox me. Um, I'll, I'll reply. Um, you can contact me on Facebook, Beatrice M. Ewell. Um, you can message me as well. I I actually do. Uh, if you message me and you let me know, like, hey, I'm going through infertility, woo wop. I'll you know talk to you and help you through it. Um, and uh, I am working on a documentary right now, and I'm very excited about it, and it's called The Path We Walk. And it, so it showcases um, infertility and miscarriages, and it also um, just shows what we really go through on a daily basis, but also how to heal and to have to hold on to your relationship with God and to even get a relationship with God. Um, I'm very excited to just let the world know how strong we are while walking this journey and also give strength to other women and men and marriages and just spread the word of God, too. It's cool. Now, how can um, (laughs) someone, if they're interested in purchasing your book, where do they go? (laughs) Sorry, I forgot about that. You can go on Amazon or on my Instagram page. There's a link where you can just click the link and go straight to my book. Um, or I always have books on hand. You can purchase them from me. They're only $15. Um, if you purchase them from me, you'll get a free notebook because I feel like writing is very therapeutic. It helped me a lot throughout my journey. Um, also, you can contact my husband for books because he be having them too. <laughs> and, again, they are only $15. Well, author Beatrice, um, we definitely thank you for being on our show today. Um, I know we're going to have you back when we talk about this documentary. <laughs> um, so, guys, if you're interested in an infertility book that will help 
and bless your soul. Make sure you go and purchase Arthur Beatrice Yule book, When God Keeps His Promise. Um, also, um, not to forget my mom. She is an author as well. Um, she has a book out called The Wind Beneath Your Wings. Um, a very inspirational book as well so if you look listening looking for some inspirational books just definitely go out there and purchase when god keeps your promise by author Beatrice Yule and the wind beneath your wings by author Loretta Waters. um i am kim alexander the host and founder of a mother's love um I'm there to help women who suffer from miscarriages. So if you know women who have currently suffered from a miscarriage, um, I do give out care packages to those women to help them along their way with their journey. Um, Keep a lookout for more um, engagements or activities that we have upcoming. And again, we love you guys and thank you for listening to A Mother's Love Podcast. Until next time.